0: I'm uh...
1: Welcome to the dino dad chat we got whitey shapiro here how are you doing today i'm great Noah. how are you you might have to sit closer to the mic because i cannot hear you you're a whisper right now
0: okay is that any better
1: that is way better okay got it all right welcome to the program um so that i when i was first listening to that song I, I, I When you sent it to me, I was like, what is this? And then I thought maybe it was a Leonard Cohen song. Can you tell me about the song called Player?
0: Well, I wrote a screenplay uh, called Lily Three Stars. And it's about a, a vampire who's trying to have himself genetically re-engineered. Uh, he uh, is buying up a bunch of... Uh, Patents in order to gain access to the uh, companies and equipment and technology he needs. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he there's a delay at one of the Philippine laboratories where this is going to be done, and he needs blood for about three or four days just to just to get him through until he gets down there. And he kidnaps uh, someone who is Lily Three Trees, and they get to know each other. The key is that she's required to, to get the blood by drawing her own blood, learning how to, to do that, which is the horror part of it. Anyway, uh, she, uh, she, she and uh, the vampire get to know each other, and they develop a quasi-relationship, and, and then she uh, uh, d- plays a video game with him. And so the song Player is a, a gamer song, which is kind of a lead-in into that scene where she is playing a video game with a the vampire. There wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I, I, I went with vampire, then video game. Um, what is the name of this film, and where do I get it?
0: Oh no! I'm it's it's still in pre-production.
1: Oh, you're you're still planning on making it? Okay, so where is it at? What I I'm new to understanding films, so this is pre-production. Right. Has it been written? Are there what is set up for it? it?
0: It's been written, and I've taken it down to Hollywood and shopped it a bit. The um, what I know, what I've learned about uh, getting films made, and this is why you'll see so many films that. You really don't think are that great, because it doesn't matter how good the the actual screenplay is or 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 that type of um, story, how good the story is. But what matters is who gets the money. How can you get the money? Mm -hmm. And if you can get the money to uh, produce a, a film that's not that great, then that film gets produced. So it's all about how do you get the money? And if you can get the money, then you get the film produced. And Yes, it's tricky asking someone for seventeen million. You know, a little kind of.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I I can imagine that that. it's tricky asking someone for seventeen million dollars to produce this. Is that how much you're asking to produce this?
0: (laughs) Uh, That's that's what I told a a few people. One, there was one uh, guy that we were going to go with and finance it, and he said, "Okay, well, let's let's start with." three and then when you get three you probably will get guys to come in with the other three and once you get six then then we can approach different states for incentives and so on and so forth. So I guess it's a it's a you know it's it's putting things together out of the out of the ozone and and, and hoping that uh, things solidify.
1: Well, this is just a whole lot of more questions that are that are just going through my mind, but I want to back up a second and just let our listeners know who you are. So you are Whitey Shapiro, you're owner of Lion Claw Films, and you're the artistic director of the Seattle Actors Studio. Why don't you tell us a little bit about... Lion Claw Films and kind of what what, what the, the Seattle Actors Studio and how that began or what you think was notable about that for, 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 for us?
0: Sure, sure. Well, um, the Actors uh, Studio is a, uh, what I'm trying to do is provide a, a space where performing artists can attend and work on their craft without having to worry about shelling out big bucks for uh, tuition and so on and so forth. And um, it's going to meet down in uh, a Base Experimental Theater in Georgetown. Oh. And the uh, participation will be by audition and interviews and so on and so forth. Um, I've taught acting for many years, so this will be a fun thing for me. And um, uh, on the website, uh, actorstudio, seattleactorstudio.com, mm-hmm. we do put out audition notices and, and so on and so forth. And, and just like everything else, the COVID thing has really uh, interfered with our ability to, uh, to get up and going. But, you know, that, that, the other thing that comes to mind is I'm looking into being able to do it online with zoom or something like that just to get it started and so we're not having to worry about you know getting too close to each other in a small space but that's the that's the actor studio it has an actor's unit and then it'll have a a screenwriter unit and it'll have a, a filmmaker unit oh wow and we'll have um screenwriters come in and uh do seminars and uh and for the filmmaking unit, we'll have directors of photography, which are really, when, when films are made, that's that's the most important person on the set. I think more important than the director, actually, sometimes. Anyway, we'll have uh, director of photography come in and, and they'll do seminars. And then my 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 vision is to have the screenwriter's unit create some scenes, which the actor's unit will... Uh, act, And then the uh, filmmakers unit will have an opportunity to film. So we'll have sort of all three units coming together from time to time.
1: Wow. So, it, yeah, it's very kind of like grassroots in the, in the respect that you're providing the space for actors that need an opportunity to act, for writers that want an opportunity to write and, and filmmakers and, and, and so forth. And, and they all kind of work, work together.
0: Yeah, at, at, they have their separate units, and they work uh, on their craft separately in their units, and then they come together to work on projects from time to time.
1: That's really amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about you and kind of where you grew up and kind of what your path was to getting involved with, with acting and, and and as much of the journey that you think think we should know? I I just would love to learn about you, you know, somewhere. Yeah, I uh,
0: the first that because the first uh one of the first films I acted in was assassins with um uh uh, Keith uh, actually Sandra Bullock and um Keith uh I'm trying to remember he was 24 hours guy uh Sutherland oh Kiefer Kiefer, right and then and then we had uh one of the uh uh another big name. <laughs> I'm old, I got too much going on in my mind. Um, yeah, and so uh, when I auditioned for that, it was a, a director I believe from, from Holland or, or someplace in Europe. When I auditioned for that, he asked me a question. He said, when was the first time you knew you wanted to get into acting? And back in the day, back in the you know, late 40s, early 50s, we we had television sets which were very small and new and huge consoles, and I told him, I said, you know, when howdy duty used to come on the TV, I would go in back of the TV and try to open it up so I could go in and be with Howdy Duty. <laughs> and so I got
1: the part. <laughs> oh man, it's little things like that. Yeah. Uh that 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 reminds me, because uh, my dad father used to tell me about Howdy Doody and and how he would listen to the radio for, for old TV shows and things. And I, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with it, but but Gene Autry had some TV show back in the day. <laughs> I don't know about it, but my I'll tell you a little bit about my dad. He he always had trouble walking and couldn't and wore braces, kind of like uh Forrest Gump. Like Tom Hanks' character Forrest Gump. In that mm-hmm. movie and he couldn't walk and and so i believe he was on or it was like a guest in the show and he asked uh like they had like a question question answer thing at the end and gene autry uh pointed to my father and said why don't you young man uh, ask a question and and he and so my father asked, is there any such thing as a crippled cowboy? I don't remember the name of the person, but Gene Autry named a cowboy that ha- had a difficulty walking because cowboys were my father's superhero. So it's superheroes back in the day. So I love hearing about these these TV shows because I definitely relate to just sitting in front of the TV and kind of wondering if I could somehow interact with the folks on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so,
0: Gene Autry was a big deal. Back yeah,
1: then. I mean, he didn't. Didn't he sing uh, the original Rudolph? <laughs> right,
0: he was. He was called the singing cowboy.
1: Yes. Three. So so you so you 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 got into acting and and then where did it go from there? Because uh, uh, I know mine was in high school is when I started acting. But, right. but tell me more.
0: Well, um, when I returned from Vietnam, I had no idea. What, what I wanted to do and and uh, the thought came to me that, you know, I, I, I think I may fit in with the uh, acting community. And so uh, I, I went downtown and signed up for some courses uh, at the Lee Strasberg Institute, and then ended up driving Strasberg around for a couple of years. Um, and uh, was able to study at the Actors Studio during that period of time. After that, I went into. I decided they wanted me to come out to Hollywood with them, but I, I decided I need needed a skill, so I decided I had to go to college at this point, and um, went to Goddard College in Vermont, where I hung out with uh, David Mamet and William H Macy. They were there at the same time, and we did a number of shows there together, and. Uh, and then after that, I um, I did some work uh, in Chicago and, with Macy, and then in uh, New York with Mamet, and then went out to uh, uh, to get a master's and in- mm-hmm. and got an MFA in directing, and um, then moved to Seattle in '83 and hooked up with the uh, Trish Lopez actors group and uh, did some stage work and a couple of films and, and so on and so forth. Um, but also I had a family, you know, I, I had two daughters and needed to to be, bring in some money. And so I, I had to get a job. I got a job with the uh, Fed and was uh, in the civil rights department there for 29 years or so. And and wow. um, retired in uh, 2007 and so since then, I've been tinkering with these uh, screenplays and, and, and music and so on and so forth.
1: Wow. Uh, I heard you say that you found that you uh, uh, kind of felt like you connected with the actors or the acting community. Uh, or and, 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 and what did you kind of notice about yourself that made you understand that whereas kind of going on a... I don't know Uh, like i i I, before i started doing the comedy thing i you know i just kind of thought of it the way my father told me is like you work you get a pension and then uh, you raise a family and then you retire and then you die that's kind of what my my thought process was but then this whole new thing started coming up and it's it's kind of changed changed my world for me is is there any kind of relevant experience like that or something that you understood about acting that, could, that you connected with on a, on a, I guess, a different kind of level for yourself?
0: Well, I, you know, the same thing happened to me. Um, I think I, I was working on a, a, a play at the actor studio and uh, an actor there, a very famous old character actor named uh, Rudy Bond was in some great films. Um, his son in, was in the production also. And we would talk to Rudy about what, what should we do? How do we make it? What, what, blah, blah, blah. And Rudy would say, get a career. Make sure you got a solid frame. Because in the acting business, basically, you're going to go out. You, you might get a job that pays for a few days on a film set. And then you get laid off. In, in a year, you're going to get laid off 17 times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And have to go out and find a new job. And so uh, I decided, okay, and that's why I ended up going to college and uh, trying to trying to put a, a career together. Because it's tough, you know. It's 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 tough putting yourself out there and um, and hoping. Now, if you don't have a family and and you have this straight line vision to success that nothing's going to get in the way, nothing's going to have an impact on your uh, trajectory well then yeah i mean that that's there, there are there are the, the successful people who do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and nothing gets in their way and they got to leave their family and leave their kids and leave their girlfriends leave yep. their jobs i mean there's a lot of wreckage in their wake
1: Right, right and and, and you know that you know I have a family and, and I, I, I've done this and and, I, and, I, and it's, it's good to hear this is almost like kind of just natural advice because I'm I'm trying to kind of navigate how to how to make this comedy scene into something here and I'm talking to people like you or other people I've, I've interviewed and, and just hearing your path and it's it's very refreshing and kind of grounding to understand that that yes if you want if there was nothing in your way then then maybe the direct path would be a lot easier but trying to balance that out and and it sounds like to some way you you have you found some way to balance it out to some degree is that right
0: to some degree yeah uh, there were times where i had to put auditioning aside and just focus on the job i had because it, it was demanding And uh, so I had to, I had to lay it aside for a couple of years uh, from time to time. Um, But the other thing I'll tell you is that having a job and sticking with one thing for so many years, there's a, there's a grounding, a a sense of self that you develop, um, you know, a center, I don't know how to put it, but it's like you get a sense of, of your, of self that's an internal structure that really is so important to weathering, you know, emotional and uh, psychological storms that everyone has to go through.
1: Yeah. Can I get personal with you? Absolutely. A little bit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 40 and you know, I I work kind of as a therapist during the day and I like my job. I, I've been working in the community for for a while, and 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 working with kids, and, and done crisis, and work with kind of high acute uh, mental health needs. And you know, I, I was into performing arts, you know, growing up as a kid, and I always kind of had that as just something I enjoyed. I even lived in Chicago too, and uh, studied for a little bit at Improv Olympic. And. And, I, and and as I kind of get more into the open mic and kind of coming up with a structure to it, and I had a lot of big ideas and, and now I'm trying to reel them in a little bit, I, I think my, my challenge is figuring out who do I identify with in this, this kind of performing arts community? Who, who, who is p- putting on a caricature of themselves or, or am I putting on a character of myself when I'm up there and how do I balance that out? And it's kind of been this this pull and turn of like, who who am I? You know, what am I the, just this dad on a day-to-day basis, or am I this this other person? And and it's and it's hard to find people who understand that. And I'm wondering if you understand it. <laughs>
0: well, you know, there's there there's for me, and I can only talk about my experience. Mm-hmm. For me, being comfortable with myself, and uh, you know, there there's. If if you see yourself in an idealized way, and that's the only way you're going to be happy, being a star, being Bill Gates, or if that's the only path to happiness, this idealized vision of yourself, it's it's a real tough road to hoe. Mm-hmm. So I found that anything that I've done in my life that, Allows me to be comfortable with myself, to accept myself, not to be too hard on myself, not not to again have this idealized sense of self. Which, when when you have an idealized sense of self, there's a certain pride that can be injured very easily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and that's that's the biggest trap of the idealized self. So for me the most important thing was learning how to become comfortable with myself. And, and, um, and I think that may be a roundabout way of answering your question.
1: That is a roundabout way. I mean, that is a, that I understand what you, you mean. And, and I, I guess it, for me, it, uh, I, I, I started getting the sense of confidence that I was uncomfortable with because uh, I hadn't done that in a while and 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 i guess i've never experienced people just enjoying it and i reached out to different people and asked them because because and, and and i said am i getting ahead of myself here is it really real that people think that i'm you know starting a like a part of a, a scene here and i have a really good leadership thing because i don't feel like a leader and then one of my friends told me it's a good leader is somebody who shows empathy and, and concern for others and, and wants to support them. And I and I'm really trying to stay true to that with this and 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 and, oh, really? and trying to help other people and keep that in mind. And I and I and I'll feel good when because last night I, I went up in, at, at my open mic and there was a, a feature and I played the guitar and, and improvised. And, you know, even afterwards, people told me, oh, that was great. That was funny. But it's still it's still not it's not something I'm, I'm used to. And you, you said you, you, you found a way to feel comfort or understand that. Is there anything that you, that I'm saying that you kind of relate to when you were kind of getting into it and, and kind of feeling, I guess, uh, appreciated or understood?
0: Right. Well, uh, the, the only f- thing I could say is th- is that you know you have this one day, you that you got up on that one day and did a gig with the guitar and, and it felt good and people appreciated it, and you know it's it's what you're doing. If that if if that feels good, if if you're having fun and having mm-hmm. a good day, because each day is going to be different, you know each day is going to have the different challenges and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think. Uh, I think you, you know, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, if it feels yeah. good and you're feeling successful and you're you're making people enjoy them, helping people enjoy themselves, um, you know, I I, I are, are you worried you're going to get manic? <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a good question. I, I you know I I I I I I I don't think I'm going to get manic but i do feel like an excitement about it and right. i i want to pay attention to it uh i definitely right. I um want want uh my my loved ones and my friends and families to that 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 have known me a lot longer than the newer people in my life to mm. to turn to so they can they can help help me uh, stay grounded in in, in uh the things that are are actually true and real, and uh, consistent. Know,
0: one other thing I found very helpful was to also have an academic component to the performance. Mm-hmm. Side of things, in other words, um, to be, be able to to uh, travel in the world of theory and criticism and history.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and so on and so forth and when you develop that's another component which just kind of balances out the performance component
1: Mm -hmm. yeah are you saying that that good like kind of like what you're doing is that you have this component of of helping people grow and learn and and educate them uh Is No,
0: no no what i'm what i'm saying is that you know i might i might uh study a particular monologue of Shakespeare for five ten years mm-hmm. and take a little part in different ways and and, and learn about that part and, and watch different uh, different types of uh, performances of Shakespeare in that particular area I'm interested in and there's an academic side to it. And, and, and then there's the, the theory and criticism of Shakespeare side to it. And So what I'm saying is that with comedy, you, you, may, you may find uh, the history of comedy to be something on the academic side. You may find, um, you know, Freud wrote a, a piece on uh, jokes Jokes. <laughs>
1: I would. I. I. That. That should be something I do one night. Is read. Read a lot of uh, Sigmund Freud jokes. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> no. No. Well, he was just writing on the the theory of of what makes people laugh, the the, the psychological function of a joke and how it uh, affects people and why it makes them laugh. So and so. On, so forth. But anyway, you know, there's there's uh, that. That's kind of an interesting. Piece to it, where on one hand you know there's the adulation and there's a sense of success and there's a rush that comes with that. On the other hand, you know there's the thinking part. Um, what what uh, what what about this worked? What about this didn't work? Well, who who can I talk to who was involved in this particular type of comedy or joke or dealt with this particular audience? You know, there's a the, 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 the thirst for learning. Is, is about the craft of comedy or acting or any, the, the, the need to learn and well, not even the need to learn, the enjoyment, the, the intrigue, the fascination of learning about your craft. Uh, that's what I mean by the academic thing and it's partially natural though. You either I think have it or you don't, but <laughs> you can develop that, that desire for enjoying the academic end of things
1: so you, you 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 had mentioned to me when we were just talking before we did this uh the other day about how you uh, had ventured into comedy at one point um can you tell uh tell me about that
0: yeah well the, the, it was at the comedy underground, and back then there were a bunch of guys hanging around um Bill Nye was there, but he wasn't ah. Bill Nye the science guy it was just Bill Nye the engineer uh-huh. And um, there are a couple other people that did well. But at any rate, um, it was very smoky. That's the first thing. You yeah. You were, you were breathing in a lot of smoke. It was late at night. Um, and it's the, I don't think the format's changed much. You know, open mic, uh, sign up. There was the, uh, back then at the underground, you, you really had to get there fairly early and sign up. And depending on, where you were in the pecking order, on you know, that, how much time you got, and so on and so forth. And like you, I got to the point where I was emceeing some shows, and it had quite a following back then. When I would get up on stage, the crowd would start yelling "Yad, Yad," kind of freaked me out. The yeah. one thing, the one thing that I, I regret is that i i didn't learn how to interact with the audience i was too scared to huh. you know, too, too um what uh, self conscious or something uh, worried to interact with the audience and that that's that saddens me because i i would have loved to have had the skills in order to do that back then yeah
1: uh, yeah i i it, it it is it is challenging and i i you know i I've talked to some other comedians that, 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 that have had that challenge, and they say they're trying to take improv lessons and things like that. Not necessarily to emcee, but just to kind of improve their crowd work. And, right,
0: right, yeah.
1: And, and when they talk to me, I, I often try to say, hey, let's focus first on what your strengths are. And if your strength is writing a good joke, you lean into that. Because if you're thinking about the other thing, you're not thinking about the thing that you're stronger in.
0: That's good advice,
1: and and then the other stuff will come naturally because people will enjoy it, and then you'll find something in the crowd or somebody who's really connecting with it, and then you might interact with them, right? And it makes and, it more natural.
0: And the other thing is that uh, some you know some people don't have that. I, I think they just don't have it. It's kind of like an actor that I've dealt with, and and they just they can't act. I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry but but they can't now i I don't tell them that because they usually you know end up losing juice and leaving but um some some people can't act they just can't they don't they don't have the the imagination
1: yeah uh, i i it it was, i remember being a teenager and and i and i was in they had this this thing at my high school called new Faces for all the freshmen and uh uh, I got into one of the plays, and have you heard of the play called The Disposal?
0: It's familiar, but no,
1: not often. Um, I, I, it must have been like an off-Broadway thing or something, but there were three characters, and there's about three people on death row, and uh, there, one was, like, a, a one character was a guy who was married and was accused of murdering his family, and this is... And I, again, I was nervous about this play because I felt like I lived in this conservative town. Are these people going to understand this play? And then uh, there was a, another guy who was an older man who was clo- uh, creeping up on death row uh, or creeping up to the end of his life, maybe. And then there was my character who was uh, uh, named Archie and uh, who is this, he was uh, homosexual and he, uh, and he was just kind of a sociopath and he, and that was the first play I ever did with lines. And and I, and I remember I had to figure out how to commit to it and it was all directed by kids. And, and, and I still remember this character. It was the closest thing that I can resemble to being like the Joker. <laughs> oh, right, right. It was very intense. Um, uh, and, and just, it, I, I, I it, it's really interesting trying to kind of figure out how to become a character in that respect. I haven't done a whole lot of acting since since high school, but but I just remember thinking about how do, how do you get into this character and how do you make these lines sound like I'm not just repeating them? Right. Yeah. So you think that like there's some people who are able to do that and there are some people who can't?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what you reminded me of was a guy who was doing a scene from, a, I forget the name of the play, but a woman puts this rapist in the... Uh, fireplace and holds him prisoner for a while it's fairly famous at any rate he wasn't doing the scene i mean i i didn't believe it i just didn't believe him and so i said wait a minute let me get up and, and take a look at this and i got into to the scene where it was where he was going to rape this young woman and uh, i got up in the scene and the class was looking at me and i'm supposed to rough this girl up and all of a sudden i realized that i didn't want i didn't want anyone to see that side of me
1: mm-hmm.
0: i didn't want anyone to see an aggressive sexual kind of side of me and 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 when i realized that a light bulb went off in me i i i, I it was a great uh, a great insight and then i could help him with it when i understood what what my issue was with it and he went on to do a great scene but yeah, it's it's a very complex business because you know if you're a violin player, you got the violin. But if you're an actor, you're the violin.
1: Totally, is, and yeah. uh, it 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 is really interesting because that, that I think about that, that when I watch certain movies and or films or plays and see, you know, this person become something else, and then or even a child actor doing like a murder scene or something like how how do you how do you? I, I, I'm always thinking. I don't know if I could. I could do that kind of work. But there are some actors that 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 are very good at um, what do they call it? The the type of actors that really immerse themselves in on a day to day basis. Oh, um, method method thanks. actors. I, I just think that that's. I mean, I understand that that helps them to kind of portray a character as realistic as possible. But it seems pretty intense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, research is, is good, but um, yeah, I guess everyone has their method.
1: So, Whitey, I want to give you an opportunity to spotlight anything else that you think is interesting. I, and I do have one question, because I, I actually, my, one of my friends, he, he, he used to be a journalist, and he listened to one of the podcasts, and he was giving me feedbacks. And he said, if you're going to interview people from Seattle, you should ask them something that they like about Seattle or something that is their favorite place to go in Seattle. And I guess I would like to know that about you.
0: Well, I I have a place out on Vashon. And uh, last summer I bought an electric bike and I put my fishing rod in my backpack. And I head down to the shore and I fish for King Salmon down there, which I caught six of last summer. Wow. And, you know, and you have this dream about what your life could be, but then i'm i'm living it and it's not like look at me it's like it's like man this feels good
1: (laughs) that is really oh that that is nice to hear i i i I hope we stay in touch because i really am refreshed by this conversation in a number of ways that have just been very touching to me um so I really really do appreciate you coming on the this Dino Dad chat and doing this. Um I want to give you a chance to um say a, a couple more things about anything else you're you're looking forward to or or projects um or spotlight anything else that you mentioned and then we can wrap it up and I will give you a phone call afterwards but you go ahead.
0: You bet. And well the the thing I'd like to mention is the actor, Seattle Actor Studio. And you just need to go to seattleactorstudio.com. And it's our plan to provide uh, actors and uh, filmmakers and screenwriters with a space to work on their craft and with experts in the field and uh, without worrying about tuition and without having a money obligation. So, anyway, that's what I'd like to mention. SeattleActorStudio.com
1: Alright, you heard it here SeattleActorStudio.com This has been Whitey Shapiro What's going to happen now is I will play us out with a little song and then it'll end um, and then I will give you another call and we can just chat for a little bit about how it went and um, that'll be it, okay? Great.
0: Alright, thank huh?
1: you so much for being on this, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do it, thank you, you bet. Bye-bye
0: I bang,